Welcome to another edition of Your Impact Attack. That is right, it is Your Impact Attack. We are just uh, keeping it, you know, we're, we're kind of like, the, we're like valet parking. You give it to us for a couple hours or whatever. <laughs> we give it back to you as, you know, in the same condition uh, or better uh, that you gave it to us. And uh, we're not going to go through your glove box and find a gun and uh, call the police and uh, have you taken off of WWE TV for a few weeks while we sort things out. But who are we? <laughs> who are we? Who is saying all this? That Sonya Deville doesn't have to be worried about. I am Jamie DeVette Williams. The Vets. He's a Rip Rogers guy. The Vet. Vet, Vet, Vet. Rip, Rip, Rip Rogers guy. And with me as always, my tag team partner Brandon. And here's the tag and boom. right mr mr brandon the christmas well i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna denigrate brandon by saying him he's something that he's really not because he's great but um yeah brandon what's going on it's not even close to christmas time what's happening well i mean there's that one episode in the second in the second season of south park where he came out of the uh came out during during the summertime or during during one of the later times or the warmer times of the year because that's when they found out that um, he's actually not supposed to be out during those times. So it'll kill him. I see. So, <laughs> the way he's like, what time were you asleep? I put myself in your mouth and took pictures. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, good times. Back when I was younger and found South Park somewhat amusing. Um, but yeah, so uh, so here we are. It's uh, another impact attack which is yours by the way i like to take as little responsibility for it as possible um not too too much news out in the world to report would you say or or did you hear anything that uh struck your fancy that you'd like to comment on or talk about not interesting that punk seems to be kind of making the rounds backstage of these wrestling promotions oh yeah it's almost like he's a normal guy who visits people that he likes to see. But I love how it riles everybody up, though. It, the thing with him, though, is that it's, from everything we've heard about him, that's kind of out of character for him. That's just the only thing. Well, that's true. The timing of it. But, you know, if he was entrenched in something, like in the middle of one of his runs and there was no controversy... Uh, you know, surrounding him at the current time, um, you probably would never have had to hear about it. That's like if he was in the middle of his WWE run and he showed up somewhere, like people would just oh, they were just in that city visiting people or whatever. That's whatever. Who knows, man? Um, he, the, but the, the what he does is he provides a lot of fodder for the people that make a living. You know reporting on the wrestling business and i i i guess i use that word in quotes but i mean 
what what else? I mean, and he keep and he keeps his name on people's mouths. Right. Plus, people keep show, wrestling shows keep coming to his city. I mean, <laughs> what? I I remember thinking like, you know, so just just for just for a small example, right? And I I can kind of relate. It, I could kind of relate to punk in a lot of ways because I, I don't know. I feel like the reason that I didn't like, he sort of rubbed me the wrong way. It may have been, you know, looking back, it may have been one of those like familiarity breeds contempt type of things. Cause we're probably similar in a lot of ways. And you know, a lot of people who are similar in ways at first, they don't like each other. So maybe if I actually like, stuck around and got to know him for however you know we probably would have ended up being friends in some form or fashion just because you know you can't be too similar and and stay at odds forever um but uh i think like we we used to have here um for a brief period of time uh where i am this um if you're familiar with you know, like fighting video games, you know, like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, and whatever. And there were like, um, there were these organized tournaments, you know, for, for gamers, the pro gamers that would, that would come around and they had one called, you know, NorCal Regionals. And that was set up in the Bay Area for most of its life. And people would travel from all over the world, you know, to, to compete there even though it was mostly you know locals and the in and u.s nationals but like there were japanese players that would come there because if you won a major tournament you got a spot for uh evo you know which is the evolution tournament that the big the big fighting game tournament that they would hold in you know las vegas or whatever every year kind of like the video game version of the street fire tournaments themselves <laughs> pretty much so um it was set up in the bay area but they relocated uh to my city from like i guess it was san francisco or one of those like one of those bay area towns but they they relocated further up north to my city and this is when i was like kind of semi-competitive in that stuff so when they showed up here like even if i didn't like um I didn't really want to like enter the tournament and compete. It felt weird to have like a huge video game tournament that like rented the big ballroom space downtown and had like hundreds of people showing up and international players coming in. It's just sitting in my backyard and I'm just going to what not go, you know, it just felt like I should, I should just show up, go hang out, you know, and whatever. And so some of the times I entered and competed, some of the times I just, you know, walked around the floor and, you know, watched the tournaments and stuff like that. But I just felt like it, I was obligated to go. So all that is to say, like, that's just a small version, but like, if I'm punk in the middle of this situation, you know, and wrestling shows keep coming to my city, even though my city is Chicago, one of the biggest, if not the biggest wrestling cities in the world, you kind of just want to be like, you know what? Why don't I just go? You know, maybe it's because you're thinking, um, yeah, well, I'm getting my name out there and I'm going to get people talking or rile them up. That would be giving him the credit of thinking that he really cares what a lot of these like dirt sheet writers think or whatever. Maybe he knows what they're going to say, 
but maybe he just wants to do it anyway. Who knows? Or maybe he really just does whatever he wants because he's that type of a person. Um, you know, we can't really be sure. But it, it sure is kind of interesting to see how everybody projects their thoughts and ideas and feelings onto him and his motives and what he's doing, right? So, I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah. I, I laughed my ass off today when I listened to the latest cast rating, the Marks. And they played the finale clip where they're talking about where Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer are talking about punk at Raw, and they sounded like some they're like they're at a funeral and somebody just died. <clears throat> like that was literally like the tone. Like they reported, like I was literally just sitting there, like, "All right, we have reports that a second plane has hit the World Trade Center." Like that was like the <laughs> somber tone that they were reporting, like reporting it with. Wow. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh... I wouldn't think about it too much, but I was, I was thinking, um, you know, when that happened, I talked about this a little bit. If anybody was, uh, happened to be watching my Twitch that day or whatever, but I remember just kind of going off on a side rant and saying like, if the WWE, if anybody there had any balls and he showed up there to just go up to him, you know, like, you know, he was going around saying hi to people, supposedly said hi to Triple H and all this stuff. And if I was Triple H, like if me, like if, if you hand me the pencil, right. And, and punk comes up and says hi or whatever. I'm like, want to work tonight? <laughs> you want to go out there? <laughs> like, Hey, I'm presenting this new stupid championship belt that we're pulling out of our asses, uh, to just present to somebody. You want to come out there and shit on that? You know, kind of cut a promo, get AEW over, like whatever. I would say that. I'd be like, I'd be telling the guy in the truck, hey, go to YouTube and get Cult of Personality ready. You know, <laughs> just, just, just do that. Let everybody lose their minds. They're going to lose their minds any damn way. Let's, let's have them officially lose their minds when he comes out just for, you know, whatever. We'll cut one of the women's matches. It's fine. Like we, we can, we can let them chant CM Punk for five minutes or whatever, and 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 it, it'd be great promotion for AEW. It'd be great promotion for us because people are gonna be like, "Oh my God, they let an AEW contracted wrestler walk out." What's gonna happen next week? And obviously, we're not gonna have shit for him next week. But they don't know that, so we'll get a big ratings boost for next week. You know, <laughs> so it's like. That that would have been if they had the guts. There's n really no reason they couldn't have done it. There's no actual reason that contract tampering bullshit. Hey, how many times do you want to say that this is not real sports? You want to talk about it's a TV show, okay? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, was it contract tampering to let Lizzo show up on the Mandalorian? No. You get you, if it's a cameo appearance, all right? And it it does business for everybody. Gets everybody talking. Gets everybody over. Doesn't hurt one person one bit. It really wouldn't. The only reason that anybody even thinks like that is because of this old carny mindset how how long are we gonna keep pretending that wrestling is still carnival you know carnival games and hoodwinking people like are we gonna act like it's a business or not at some point we gotta eventually act like it is what it is which is big business which could be a lot bigger right All right could you imagine if they decided to get call tony Khan and say hey you know what screw this stuff let's make some fucking money yeah i'd be like i would that's exactly what i would do i'm telling you exactly if cm punk shows up backstage at my show and if he doesn't want to go out there for whatever reason fine but i'm i'm asking him i'm gonna be like hey you want to call tony real quick and tell him 
don't ask him tell him you know just because i like to do everything above board you know you, you know just you can ask brandon when i have a guest on here when we have a guest on the impact attack do i not tell you first or run it by you every single time yeah i don't just be like oh so and so's coming on today you know and and we're just impact attack and i know brandon would be cool with it but it's a respect thing so it's same thing i would do there i'd be like i would call tony it's like punk hand me the phone hey tony it's me triple h you know i'm just gonna have punk come out on tv do big business for you guys put you guys over shit on my new championship you know <laughs> whatever, just whatever it is like you know i mean just 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 a heads up you know i'm, I'm just we're, we're just doing it we're, we're you know we're gonna have some fun out there or whatever don't worry about it not trying to sign anybody you know, we've already had him. He's a cancer. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, no, nah, you know, just people. It needs to be more. It needs to be bit more like somehow more business oriented, but also more casual at the same time. You know, there's no competition. It, it really isn't. It, it's it's not a competition. People want to say it's not a competition, but they usually say that in reference to the WWE is so big that you can't compete with it. Right. Here's how you compete. Here's how the WWE can compete with itself. Try to make the next show better than the last. Right. And obviously you won't be able to do that if you have uh, CM Punk on your show. <laughs> You're not going to be able to follow that up. But you got to take those opportunities when they present themselves. You know, it could be CM Punk this time and the next time some you know, next time you go to, you know, whatever canadian town if kenny omega's there and he just so happens because because that's the thing they try what what reason i say this is because they and we see this on impact and we complain about it it's part of sports entertainment bingo it's a space on the board but when we see guys come out like they're, they'll many times in a wrestling angle there'll be somebody like getting a beat down or cutting a promo or whatever and then they'll hit somebody's music and everybody acts all surprised you know <laughs> It's like, but we already know where they've signed that person to a contract and they're just like, they're, they're trying to surprise us by saying this here. Now, if Triple H is in the middle of the ring and he's got this new stupid championship that he on a table or whatever, and all of a sudden you hear that cult of personality hit, then people really are going to be like, what is he doing here? He doesn't work here. Now the announcers can legitimately say these things and people can legitimately be surprised. Not knowing that, oh, I guess CM Punk signed a new five-year deal with the WWE because they're hitting his music and pretending that he's not supposed to be here. You know? Like, you're already doing this all the time anyway. Why don't you do it for real one time? Have a pair of balls or whatever. Or a pair of big titties. Whatever you identify with, have that. Have whatever is your symbol of, like, guts, have that and just do something that that you're always trying to act like you're doing but really do it one time that that's what i'm saying so that's never gonna happen but what do i know i'm just some guy you know i mean yeah or the kenny omega idea have him show up and confront cody be like hey what the fuck dude <laughs> right <laughs> what the fuck dude i don't know oh we'll see what the chat thinks about all this like for instance Labrat says, egos will never let this happen on all sides. Yeah, of course. Of course. That's the problem. The egos are buried and, and, and steeped in that, that carny mentality. Like any like any of that matters, you know? What, ego. It's, it's like a lot of pearl clutching, 
you know oh we could never have another person we could never have another person on our show oh oh god yeah you actually really can you really can it's very easy and again like i said you're always trying to act like you're having somebody run in that wasn't expected to be there so you know watch watch nothing happen when you actually do it if you have the balls to do it but yeah anyway uh speaking of the chat uh brandon what do you say we acknowledge these people we've let it go long enough and we let some people file in so if you want to go ahead and acknowledge some of these lovely lovely audience mm -hmm. members let's see who we got in the house tonight we got jerome hall we got elizabeth we got big egg we got who else we got lab rat Javi Uchida, how you guys all doing tonight? Whoop whoop. So far, Media M5 was first in the chat, but yeah. that was so long ago, he <laughs> barely even counts. He's not going to show up now. But yeah, um, he was so early in the chat that when I was streaming earlier today, Buckshot Kid was calling him a mark for being in the chat first. And Buckshot Kid's <laughs> not even here, so I guess he figured since he wasn't first, there was no point. Um, but I just want to let you guys know that if you show up the night before and put your name in the chat or, or early in the pre-chat or whatever, as soon as this reservation goes up, that really, you know, that's just unnecessary. You should be here live when the show's going on. Uh, so, uh, that's where, that's where the action's at. But, you know, we got a lot of our main crew here with us now. Some of them are probably watching Raw, too, <laughs> but that's fine. I know they can't wait to see who's not going to show up on the show and who's going to get drafted <laughs> to the show only to have a wild card and be able to show up on both shows. I know we're going to do all that, uh, so that's very exciting. Um, but yeah, we'll try to keep you uh, engaged here, even though all we have to talk about is this regular episode of Impact. Um Nothing particularly noteworthy. I'll say that right off the start. So if you guys have anything that you anything else that you want to talk about, um, you know, at the end of the show, we'll see what we've got. Uh, but um, but yeah, uh, I guess we can just uh, get right into it unless there's anything else. Nah, I mean, other than the draft, but yeah, yeah who cares about that? Yep. Drone Hall's drafting a ham sandwich. Um, all right, so we're starting off this episode of Impact from uh, it April 27th. Is that when this took place or when this aired anyway? That would be correct. That is correct. And we're going to kick, well, we got quite a marquee matchup. This is a main event anywhere in the world. It's a, it's a rematch of... Uh, the uh, mighty Masha Slamovich versus Jordan Grace. Um, yeah, these uh, you know, you know, with, when these women get in the ring, it's probably gonna be a good match. So I, I didn't really think this was any exception. Did you have any notes or comments or anything you want to talk about this whole thing? Nah, it, it's just really weird to think that this is the same Masha we saw like a year ago, who was just plowing through the whole knockouts division was completely untouchable unstoppable and now she's having competitive matches yeah that's true that is true well maybe you know she lost all her momentum so she's back to back to regular human and not superhuman right right 
But I think there is uh, possible potential in a double turn with her and Grace. Oh, you think so, huh? Hmm. Well, well I mean, how would you play that out, or uh, what do you see happening there? Uh, that I'm not sure of. Haven't really thought that far yet. Mm-hmm. Um, one idea I thought of would be somehow include Gresham in it as well, turn him heel and have him be kind of like a woke power couple. Hmm. Let's see. All right. Okay. Power couple. Both on a lot of gas. Some power involved there. Not that superhuman lab rat. All right. You know what? I regret saying that. I regret my choice of words. <laughs> this is for all the juggalos and juggalettes. Don't try this at home. Whoop whoop. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. Yeah. All right. Well. As for the match itself, like I said, you know, pretty good. I would just give, I, I would like to provide a, a, a tip. Because um, uh, we love Masha here. So, uh, you know, most of everything she does, I really like her psychology and everything. But I noticed there was a thing where she's trying to, she's doing a little like heelish stuff, trying to get a, get a little bit of heat, right? And she's doing stuff like kind of gouging on uh, on Jordan's face, you know? So you can see her like kind of like grabbing her nose and, and, and shit like that, right? So when you when you're doing that, like she's she's she looks like she's actually like kind of like digging in with the fingers, you know. If you're watching on, you know, YouTube or whatever, you can see you can see me like kind of doing what it looks like she's doing when she's trying to grab onto Jordan Grace, right? But the the thing is, you can make it look worse and actually do less. If you make sure to, you know, tuck your fingers into that first knuckle, right? So, like, if I'm fish hooking somebody, you know, I can really fish hook myself, you know, by pulling it with my finger, or I can just bend the finger and push back. So now my finger's not in the person's mouth. And you'll see Vin Hamin do this when he, you know, does his uh, his camel clutch, the smile maker, whatever he calls it, right? You, you can you can knuckle your whole hand right and pull it back and it looks like you're doing the same thing <laughs> same thing with like a mandible claw you know you you bend your you bend your knuckles here and giving away the trade secrets here showing how the magic trick is done you know it'll look the same but I don't actually have fingers on my mouth see okay so you can do that when you're raking eyes you can do that on the nose you can look like you're pulling somebody's nose up but you're actually not. You're just, but it looks like your fingers are dug into their nostrils because they're bent. So you can look even more vicious and be even safer if you just actually use that little trick. That little sleight of hand trick. Um, and then, you know, for the finish, uh, you know, they do this like extended, well, I don't know what you want to call this, a rocking chair sequence. It's where they have... They've got they've got each other in like the the sunset flip pin position and they just keep going back and forth and the referee's trying to count the you know the the pin and they keep going back and forth before he can even really get two counts and then finally Jordan Grace just folds her over and gets a three count so it's a little anticlimactic you know but. I mean, I guess it works. I mean, I understand what they're going for and they're trying to do something different. Doesn't really work for me, but it's better for, I guess, 
Masha to lose in a quick way like this than to just, you know, get beat flat out with a finish. If you're trying to keep her on that somewhat level of mystique, um, it's usually how they, they beat her. If she, they're, they're book her like a monster and beat her with wrestling, which I guess, you know, I guess that's how you can do that. But otherwise than that, it's a good match. Do you have anything to add to that, Brandon? And I think that also kind of, like it puts it in the image in the people's head of they saw somebody get pinned with that. So if they see that sequence happen again, like, you know, the pin, the pin trades, they think that it could actually happen again. Right. Anytime you see something as a finish anywhere in the world, it's believable as a false finish, but you better, you know, it's, it's, it's more, uh, it's more believable as long as you keep it in that, in the same company or whatever. When you, you tell stories like that, uh, sometimes people aren't paying attention, but for the people that are, it's a nice little, you know, that's why when people always say like, you know, Oh, another schoolboy finish, or they make fun of the schoolboy or a roll up or whatever as as a as a as a finish, and they they don't like it. And I remember I used to think that way as a fan too, but it's when you realize that's like if you ever want to believe it as a false finish, it's got to work at times, you know. Now, is it overused? Uh, yes. Can you always tell? Almost always tell when it's gonna be the finish? Yes. You know, like you have to telegraph it less and you have to do it in a way that looks believable. You know, like if you school somebody, you better fold them over, you know, like you better have their near their knees by their ears. So it looks like they can't get out. That's how you do a schoolboy, not just I'm just holding their leg and they could easily just roll their shoulder off the mat. You know, that doesn't look believable. If you small package somebody, make sure you hook, you, you know, you cross your legs and make sure it looks like they can't get out. And if you're getting pinned, keep your fucking shoulders down. Keep your shoulders down and don't make the referee look stupid for counting you with your shoulders slightly off the mat or whatever, right? So you do those things, you make those type of pins believable, and you can, that way, every time somebody sees a small package or a schoolboy, they think, oh shit, this could be it right here. And that's the idea. But anyway, um, Labrat says, don't show us the magic tricks. I want to believe. Don't worry, Labrat. Nobody knows the magic tricks, so you'll have plenty of belief when people are really shoot, digging their fingers into people's mouths and eyes. Uh, and then you'll end up looking like Britt Baker on a t-shirt. But, um, yeah, so next we get uh, Nick Aldis package, which was, uh, you know, kind of detailing his whole history with, uh, you know, TNA and Impact Wrestling, showing from when he first came in, they acknowledged that he used to be called Brutus Magnus and all this other stuff and these championships that he won. I really like this. It had a voiceover. I couldn't quite tell who was doing the voiceover, uh, it may be somebody that we know if anybody knows who that was, uh, that person probably needs to be replaced cause they don't have a voice for voiceover, <laughs> but, um, but the package was good. Uh, I, I really like this. So if you are just decided you randomly want to watch impact one day and you don't know who Nick Aldis was and you haven't been following the NWA, this kind of really gives you a good reintroduction to the character so that even if this is your first show, you're already interested in this guy as like, oh shit, well, I feel like I should have known this guy and it's my fault that I don't know this guy. That's what a, a good package is supposed to do. Um, 
you know, I know you can make your own sexual innuendos about what I just said, but, um, you know, in any case, uh, what did you think of the Nick Aldis video package here? Nah, I dug it. I thought it was a great little just summary of his career to give people uh, who have never heard of him before a quick look at who he is and what he's done. Yeah. Um, so, uh, speaking of the magic being lost, uh, Joe Hendry has a broken nose from his match with uh, with uh, Sheldon Jean, I guess they said. That that's when it happened. Um, I don't remember any spot in the match where he would have got hit, but uh, I'm sure it's quite possible Sheldon Jean is pretty rotten, so I can imagine that uh, it's very feasible that somehow a nose could get broken in a match with that guy. Um, so there you go. Uh so yeah, Joe Hendry, who knows when we'll see him next, digital media champion, but it'll probably be all right. He should definitely, you know, wear one of those plastic face masks and play it up, you know, yeah. work it into his promos about how, you know, he's, he's inspirational for people to work hurt. I was expecting to turn into an inspirational motivational video. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure they didn't have time to do one before. The set of tapings was concluded, but uh, maybe next set of tapings we'll see something like that. Let's hope. Let's hope they're as smart as we are. Um, Burt Macklin is in the chat. Has he deserved to not be called Burt Macklin anymore? Should we just call? We should we call him his name now, or, or yeah. should we just could? Oh uh, yeah, all right, you're right. We, he's Burt Macklin, FBI forever. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, so he's in the ring, you know, doing a promo, defending himself. I, I could guarantee you no one asked. <laughs> like, no one was thinking about him, but he had to come out and say that, uh, you know, he didn't run away. He was doing a tactical retreat, you know, which is military jargon for running away. Um, but he's assure he assures you this is not cowardice here. Uh, and he actually challenges PCO to come out right now. We don't have to wait for Under Siege. He could come out and get his title shot right now on Impact, even though Macklin is dressed in street clothes, so that should give you a tip-off. Um, and uh, But you'll never guess who actually jumps uh, PCO on his way down to the ring. Um, but it's actually uh, Champagne Singh and Mahabali Shira. They jump him. So... Little uh, little champagne and Shira action, and then uh, you know they start doing their thing, and then um, then uh, the director of authority makes his appearance, and uh, Champagne tries to uh, give him a bribe, and uh, he tells him that they just bought themselves a match as he pockets the money, <laughs> uh, which is pretty funny. Um, and uh, yeah, then we get. Uh, uh, Champagne Singh versus PCO. Nice little singles match here. That I must have been putting my socks on, even though I had nowhere to go, because uh, I don't remember much of this. Um, what do you, What do you got on this? Uh, it's just a get over match with PCO, but at least he didn't do like a lot of the usual stuff that he does to kill himself. Like I think the the most crazy thing he did was a moonsault that he went over with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see uh I don't see Singh wanting to do a bunch of stupid shit, right? He's he's more a gimmick. I got to think, and I know this idea is kind of cheesy and a little dumb, 
but it's better than the whole Frankenstein thing is this whole feud with Macklin that he's got, it could be a way to get him out of that whole gimmick and into something different. Like they could play the whole uh, Canada versus America thing and make him perfect Canadian one. Ooh. I mean, they got Lance Storm working there. Why not get him involved? Mm. Yeah, let's get Lance Storm out there to do some promos. That's what I want. Um, well, I mean, it, it could be like a throwback to the old, like it actually put like, if they could like you can try to put together kind of like his team Canada with the impact team Canada. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, they have just been doing that a lot though. That's the only thing like recently they've been, you know, we just had this hardcore war thing, which I didn't want. And, you know, they've also had some other allusions to old team Canada stuff. So I don't know. I don't know really personally. I don't really PCO is such a gimmick. I don't think of him as like a national, you know, like I don't look at him with like a national affiliation. So even though he is, and we all know he is, um, I, I don't know. It, it's like <laughs> a, a U.S. versus Canada thing in 2023. It was already stupid in 98, but we're <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's, uh, I guess it, it could just be another another layer to it, but I, I think it would, maybe it would be good for maybe good for Macklin to really like play that up and and act like it's a thing, and everybody else just kind of treat him like a psychopath for even thinking that, you know? Like, dude, what are you talking about? No, no one cares, and he's just like, this is real, you know? I could see that, something like that, but yeah. Um, yeah, so, all right, well, yeah, PCO went, you know, he wins with a PCO salt, right? I believe that was the finish. Um, and, uh, there we go. So that's supposed to get us more excited. Anything else on this whole thing? Nah, just, you know, usual, usual championship build stuff. Yeah. Liz, uh, with the hot news of Pretty Deadly going to SmackDown. All right. The best tag team in the world is now on the biggest wrestling show in the world. So let's hope that uh, they get the correct treatment and don't end up like, you know, basically every other tag team that just gets shit on because they don't care about tag team wrestling. These guys can make a lot of money if... Uh, they are used correctly. And they, blo I mean, the Alpha Academy, they broke it up just just for, just because Vince thought that storyline with Angle would be funny. Yeah. Who knows what they're doing? Oh, God, so bad. So fucking bad. When Impact, like, as much as we talk about Impact and what they need to do or what they could do or whatever, and the fact that they have it more together than any other wrestling promotion in the United States, North America, or whatever, it's just <laughs> pathetic. It's pathetic. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, to, you know, denigrate impact, but I'm, I'm, what I'm really trying to denigrate is the bigger companies that have all these eyeballs on them and you can't even do what at least impact is doing. Impact is doing like the baseline level of competency in running a wrestling promotion. Like, yeah, there's things they could do better, but for the most part, it's fine. How can you be worse than that 
when you've got all these resources at your disposal? I don't know. So, anyway, uh, let's go back to a simpler time, 10 years ago. Uh, February 14th, 2013. This is uh, Brutus Magnus versus Christopher Daniels. I don't really remember what the significance of this match was, but it was a match that took place in the United Kingdom at some, po at some point because there was a lot of people very happy to see Magnus get a random win on Christopher Daniels. Unless this was for, you know, I don't remember the context of this. It seemed like he held up a championship afterwards. I don't know if this is like him winning a championship mm. or if this is him retaining a championship, but I, it's, I do. Let me, let me double check things. He might him. Oh, I don't want to get this wrong. He might have. I know. I remember he was uh, wrestled for it at some point. I don't know if he got it. Or not. There might have been the TV title at that time. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, well, it's fine. Uh, as Drone Hall says, a fish versus chips match. Yes. Um, that's delicious, actually. I wish I had some fish and chips ready to go. Um, but I don't. Um. Uh, we get a Diener promo with music underneath. So it's like one of their little pre-tapes, you know, with the the mood lighting and stuff. Uh, but not as moody as before. It's just like, you know, just it, it's almost just like anybody else would get backstage. <laughs> you know, like like it's just them standing there and saying stuff, but there's music now. So it's not even the old classic, you know, design where it's in the dark and... You know, they're all, you know, they're looking like they're telling campfire stories with a flashlight under their chin or something. It's just, it's like just a regular ass, here you go. Here's here's some guys, but we're going to play some music just so it sounds more ominous. Um, This is a, the, the key thing here is that he actually, he actually confesses to a crime, right? He ripped out Eric Young's heart and fed it to the wolves. That's what he said. Those are his words. So we've got a confession here. I don't know if any of the police want to get on this. Like, you know, did, did this happen in Canada? Is it part of the jurisdiction? Like, should we get the Royal Mounted Police on this? Or do we have to wait for them to do that to extradite Diener to the United States to stand trial for his crimes? We've not seen Eric Young anywhere, you know, presumably because he has no heart and um, wolves have eaten it. So, you know, I just, I don't know if the authorities are going to, I'm just saying. Anyway, he, he claims that that murder is just a fraction of what's in store for Sammy Callahan. <laughs> so, you know, I guess he's going to feed the rest of Sammy to wolves, which, let me tell you, any pack of wolves that have to eat all of Sammy Callahan, they're going to get full way before they finish the job. I'm just telling you that right now. Uh, I don't care how big the pack of wolves is or how long they haven't eaten. Um, they're not going to be able to finish their plate if they start eating Sammy Callahan. So, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, this this could take a few feedings is, is what I'm trying to say. I thought it was funny the promo. He said that he trusted, like he openly admitted trusting Sammy Callahan, and it's just like, what kind of cult leader are you you're gonna trust that dude? Yeah. Okay, like in character wise, like seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. 
Labrat says, so he feeds him to Fat Eddie and Davey Richards. Okay, yeah, that's right. I'm saying, even if Fat Eddie's going to... He's going to have to... If you try to feed Sammy Callahan to Fat Eddie, you're still going to need... He's still going to need to make up Lish a plate, you know? Like, she's going to still get a good meal that day. It's a lot. It ain't happening. I don't know if... I don't know if Davey Richards... I don't know if... With the allegations, you know? I don't know if he's got to get, you know... If he's got to get his meals inspected or delivered to him, you know, wherever he's at, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, don't know, but, uh, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, my, my takeaway was that he confessed. So that's all I'm really interested in. We'll see how they follow up. Um, more evil people. Um, the Coven. They're sitting around and they're uh, reciting the opening to the Last Airbender uh, <laughs> with music underneath. <laughs> uh, it's not the actual Avatar music, but uh, they are running through the elements. So um, they put a curse on Diana. I don't something. I don't know. I don't know what they're. I don't know what they're doing, man. I don't really know. Just, Witches just are hot right now, man. They the. The NXT Women's Tag Team Champions just got drafted, you know? So we got those witches on national cable programming, and then we got, uh, you know what I'm saying? We got the Coven out here doing their thing on their limited cable programming. So I don't know, man. Witches. Liz says, so I'm thinking he committed the crime in the zone of death where they can't charge you with a crime because you can't be tried by your peers. Ooh. I don't know. We still have some video evidence, but not really. I don't know if they can. It's weird. Or you know what? It, you think that could be a spot in the death realm? You think You think uh, they'll find Eric Young in the, in the, <laughs> in the undead realm? Could be. Just bring him back out and that's how he gets that's how he makes his comeback. <laughs> Might as well. Yep. Uh, says, so they did this crime in the NXT parking lot. <laughs> that's that zone. <laughs> but you could be tried by your peers there, so I don't know. I don't know. Speaking of peers. You, you say the word Piers and look who appears. It's the great Piers Austin. Say Pierce his appears. name and he appears. I believe in Piers Austin. Yes. All right. From way down under. Piers Austin. Love Piers Austin. Looking forward to appearing on an episode of Shooting the Shit Uncensored. I will be on that episode. It'll be coming out soon, so keep your eyes peeled. Follow Pierce on all the social medias. Uh, and uh, if, you, if you just can't get enough vet, um, you know, there's a, there's a couple, you know, and about an hour and a half more of me uh, coming your way soon, courtesy of Pierce. So thanks again, Pierce, for having me. It was a, it was a blast. I've been promoting the episode, but I haven't given away one iota of what we talked about. You're going to have to listen for yourself and find out. What we had on our chat so <laughs> uh yeah let's see here um so yeah uh just 
anything else on the coven before we move on? Nah. Just a maintenance promo. Maintenance promo. It should have been. A, it, yeah, that would have been good. A maintenance promo. It would have been good if like a, a janitor with a mop just came through and was like, excuse me, ladies. <laughs> uh, so a Johnny Swinger and Zicky come out. And this is what we were waiting for. And I believe this is exactly, exactly what we knew was the only logical route that they could go down with this, which is that uh, a, a, a luchador is like Zicky's getting ready to introduce a luchador and he has to go backstage to physically get him, I guess. And uh, he and then all of a sudden, uh, El Dinero Co appears. So good good rib there on both el generico and a pun um i don't know who this could have been in this mask uh but he comes down um and uh you know one mahi straw cradle later um johnny swingers on the board with his first of 50 necessary victories to get a title <laughs> shot uh and then of course they uh have a camera waiting for the the reconvening behind the curtain um in which we find out that oh my god who the hell was el denerico after all brandon it was zicky oh my god really i can't, this was like this would have been like if cm punk walked out on raw that time you know like you could not believe that this was actually zicky dice the whole time like we said so um yeah they uh they immediately discuss this and uh santino is right there (laughs) (laughs) come on i saw your face you know so there's uh there's that um yeah this you know this is this one this played out exactly as as we could have i mean I don't know if I would have done like done it right here, even though we all knew. Maybe I could have extended this, but it's funny nonetheless. What what do you have to say about all this whole this whole segment, top to bottom? Ooh, yeah, yeah, give me an idea of he could have gotten like fifty fluke wins after or forty nine fluke wins after that. And then at some point, like he lets it slip that it was Zicky underneath that wing and that one like, oh, that nullifies your forty nine wins. Right. Could be. They could have done that. Although that's a long game. That's a really long game. That's a year. It's a year of content. So, yeah, definitely. It could have been like a different luchador every time. Only reason you can't do that, in my opinion, I mean, obviously in pro wrestling, logic is not important. No one gives a shit about making sense at all. I mean, for example, WWE World Heavyweight Championship. No one cares about making sense. No one cares about burying your talent or, you know, your your uh, your long-term angles. No one cares about that. Just do it. So the only pushback I would have is that, like, you can't just keep having either the same luchador or multiple luchadors come out and pretending that Scott Demore or Santino Morello or anybody, like, just keep signing guys that they have no idea that... <laughs> who they are, where they were, you know, like that they're recognizing all these wins when it's clearly Zicky dice, you know? So uh, that's the only pushback I would have. But since we don't care about things that are actually important, why not? Why not do it? 
Yep. But is this the end for Swinger's Dungeon? Because he pretty much fired fired Zicky after that. I hope so. God, I hope oh. so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, look. Regardless of what anybody wants to say, if you want to, we if you want if you want to reach a wider audience, I guarantee you. The way to not do it, even in 2023, is to keep making SM jokes on your wrestling show. <laughs> That's the best way to ensure that you will stay small. Just ask NWA how their business is going right now, ever since, you know, their whole uh what's that guy? I don't even want to I don't even want to put the guy over, but um, you know, you know who. So, um, but you know, you know how you can reach real eyeballs, BTI. That's the one that's the show that all the true fans are checking out. Um, and, uh, so we see a little bit of footage of, uh, Kenny King, um, beating some guy named Decker. It's referred to as Decker. That's all we hear. I don't know who this person is. I didn't bother to look up his full name. It's just some somebody named Decker. Uh, so he hits the Royal Flush on Decker, uh, which is funny because Royal Flush, his name is Deck. That's funny to me. Anyway, uh, sure, it's just a coincidence, but nonetheless, um, afterwards, they show some... Uh, Ty Brantley in the house says, uh, Channing Decker. And also, don't get him started on the NWA. Don't worry, Todd, we won't. You can stay unstarted on the NWA, please. Uh, and, um, so like, so they do this thing where afterwards backstage, Decker says something that I'm sure anybody in his position on any wrestling show across the world would actually say where he says he, he's, he's kind of in a shoot character where he says, thanks. You know, I, I learned a lot you know, being in the ring with you or whatever, you know, and Kenny King's like, you know, you learn a lot from get your ass kicked. You know, he's like, he's like scoffing at the kid, you know, so he's, he's playing it up, you know, the way a heel should act. If anybody actually tried this and, you know, saying dismiss yourself from the King's presence, which is a great line. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, that, that was funny. Uh, that was like a little commentary on the business. So I don't know if Impact's the one to be making those commentaries because they do business exposing shit all the time. Uh, like, is it is it is it more important to take shots at guys who are like, you know, you know, independent wrestlers who are kind of expose themselves on social media, being thankful for matches? Is it important to take shots at those guys? Or is it more important to get shit like, you know, teleporting into otherworldly realms over? Is that is that really where you want to draw the line, you know, at, at, at your your shots on the business? So, um, I don't know. That's just me. But anyway, uh, Kenny King sits down next to Sheldon Jean on a couch um, and basically is saying, like, he's got some, he sees some potential there. And Sheldon's kind of like, you know, what's in this for you? 
kind of a thing, like not trusting Kenny as he shouldn't. And uh, Kenny's like, don't worry about what's in it for me. What's in it for you? You know, so there's a little seed planted. Will we have a protege? Will Kenny be able to get Sheldon the help that he needs for that that lump or that growth on his collarbone or whatever? Like, can he can he hook him up with some good medical care for that? You know, I know the healthcare's free in Canada where Sheldon's from, but like, it's not necessarily the best situation. So maybe Kenny's got it in for some. You know some some medical facilities down here in the states. I I don't know. We 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 can only imagine how how Sheldon can take advantage of of what Kenny's offering here. But anyway, that's the basically the scene that, that I've set out before you. Uh, what'd you think of this? And um, do you see a, a potential in Sheldon Jean as a Kenny King protege? I mean, I could see it. It's just. He still needs Sheldon still needs more work in the ring, but he's got charisma and character. Right. I mean, he's going to hurt you. He's going to break your nose, but but as long as long as he's got charisma and character. So. Well, take it from a Canadian: healthcare sucks in Canada. Buckshot Kid just putting it straight out there. Just right. Just. Cuz right to the point, as Buckshot Kid often does. Uh, so next is the design versus ABC, which is of course Ace and Bay Club or whatever they call it, Ace and Bay Connection. But I don't know how you miss the C being for club. You know, we used to have a C on this show, and we replaced it with a better C, and now that C is part of the C. And he's trying to get over, but he's not. And the answer's still no. So, uh, yeah. What'd you think of this tag team match, Playa? Uh, I'm I'm glad they actually had a spot where like what was they're doing the dives onto uh, mm. uh, the con. Uh, they actually had Deaner get involved instead of to stand. They're like, oh, they're gonna keep hitting my guy, and I'm just gonna stand here and watch him. Yeah, I had a note for that, and I was just going to say that, like, even though they did that, he already still looks stupid just standing there yeah. taking it like, repeatedly, you know? So, but yeah, go on. And they actually, like, used psychology in a dive spot where they actually, like, took several dives to get the big man down, went for the big one, cut off, dip, go back to it, then get him down. Right. Yep. Granted, didn't really mount much but at least it was actually like psychology right yeah it's it's you know when they apply psychology but it's just not enough because like we said like that that requires Khan to still just stand there and wait for the guys now he's trying to sell like he's you know staggering back or whatever but it's like if you would just move like slightly to your left or right as as you're staggering like you don't have to stagger directly backwards and then back forwards again you could perhaps wander over to the side so you just look like like a dumbass you know and even if he did that like are you telling me that if he if he like staggered over to the left that uh or right that one of them couldn't have ran up the turnbuckle and jumped over the post on him too you know, like he, he saying like, "Oh, I think I'm safe over here," but then they go after him and get him. Like, 
but then you can't get your shit in with the Cody's spot. You know what I mean? Like the Diener spot. You you can't do that if you do that, but it's just I don't know. That they, they they do these things that's like almost creative and they're just still not creative enough. You know? Guys, you don't have to get tied into doing the same old shit that you always do or that you always see people do. There's ways to apply new psychology to things. Do something you haven't seen before. You know, do something that that makes sense. Think about it. Think about what would happen if you were really trying to do what you were doing. And then build a spot out of that. You know, that that's that's my advice. I think it's good advice. It's what I always tried to do during my active periods. I'd try to think of like what what clichés can I avoid today? You know, because I'm not I wasn't the type of person that was like had moves that I tried to get in. I didn't know any moves, you know. I didn't do I didn't do moves. You know, so like, you know, if I'm, if, if I'm keeping it very basic, then what's going to make my match any different? You know, I have to think of ways to like, just not do what other people are doing for the most part. That's what I tried to do. I'm not going to say I succeeded all the time, but you know, when you guys have a platform and you have a chance to do something interesting and new, you know, take it. That's all I'd say. All right. Anything else? Oh, shit. Hey, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Brandon? All right, well, the mic is out. So you're going to have to uh, maybe uh, just might have to, I don't know, try to see if you can restart something or or whatever. And um, yeah, we've lost. You guys, yeah. Yeah, the, the chat is saying that we can't hear you, so. This damn mic. These damn computers and this damn technology. It sucks. Um, so, uh, while Brandon is, uh, while Brandon is adjusting, um, I'll just kind of, you know, I'll fly solo for a moment. Um, after this match, which, uh, I believe, yeah. So, so Diener gets involved with the spot, like we talked about, where he kind of, nope, nope, not hearing it. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, we can, we can see that, um, Brandon is losing, uh, pixels, right? We, we see his quality degrade in real time. So this was happening to me earlier during my stream, uh, where I was getting my upload choked. So could just be uh could just be a router reset problem that's what i did i reset my router and i went from one up to 40 up so anyway uh yeah so callahan comes out attacks diener sorry can't hear you brother can't hear you try uh see see if re see if uh resetting your um your router might help Cause your, your whole, your whole, uh, uh, your whole image quality is down. Everything's down. So you might need like a router re reset. So try unplugging the router and plugging it back in. That, that should work. And if it doesn't, then 
we'll see. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so as Brandon is doing that, we're going to probably lose him for a second. Um, so yeah, Callahan attacks Diener, uh, and then, uh, while, while Diener's otherwise distracted, can't help anymore, Angels gets folded, and that's the end of the match. No real follow-up post-match. They didn't really show what Callahan was doing or whatever. It was just... ABC up, and of course, you know, Alan Angels, or just Angels, has not won a match to date, I don't think. Uh, next, we have Dr. Cadaver and Dango check on uh, Santino, who has been attacked backstage. Um, they ask him if he got a look at who, uh, if they got a look at who took him out, and uh, he's got a... <laughs> <laughs> he's got a tuft of hair. Um, so with that tuft of hair, uh, Dango relinquishes his uh, uh, deputy director spot and uh, becomes Detective Dango. So there you go. Um, Detective Dango. That is a good spot for him. It's a good callback to his, uh, what do you call it? The Fashion Files days. And just more on-screen comedy for him, which is, uh, you know, in his, in his wheelhouse should be plenty of entertaining content forthcoming with Dango. Buckshot Kid suggesting to microwave the router for five minutes. Should be pretty good. Um, uh, speaking of pretty good, all right, this is not really pretty good. I just tried to have a transition and I can't. Death Dolls uh, reunite with Crazy Steve. Um, and as they're doing this, uh, they have a little pop-up ad for an episode of Diary on YouTube, on the Impact YouTube channel, where it's a it's a Rosemary episode. So I was like, what the hell is this? I had not really seen this before, or if I had seen a promo for the Diary series or something, I may have just uh, ignored it. Um, but here, I decided, oh, okay, let me go over here real quick and see what's going on. So it's, it's just like a, a series, like a shoot, sit down and shoot kind of, profile series so this is where we're talking about rosemary and her you know introduction into the business they're talking about you know her showing up at scott demore's uh school and training and just a lot of people you know her earlier gimmick and everything like that so you know i watched about five minutes of it to get the idea it's like all right i ain't watching this uh so yeah basically little little profile series but if you are interested in things like that learning more about the talents uh, from a from a shoot perspective um then go ahead and check out the impact youtube channel and the diary playlist i'm sure they've got a bunch of people on there um so i'm going to say that this is not a great idea for the undead demon chick liz says and uh, I tend to agree, especially she's doing this. <laughs> she's doing this. She's telling about her real life. And um, 
but she's sitting down for this interview with her makeup on. So she's sitting there being honest about her, you know, struggles with mental health and check. check. Hey, look who's back. Is it working? It's working. All right. So is that indeed what the issue was? I suppose. Yep. Reset the router. Sometimes just got to reset that router, you know? It's funny. I was having a... I don't have the same provider as you. I'm in a different part of the country as you. And I was doing something different than this. But somehow my uploads went down to a one. (laughs) And I'm just like, what is going on here? But, hey. So, basically to catch you up, I skipped over the, uh, the Santino and Dr. Cadaver and uh, Detective Dango skit, but did you have anything you wanted to add on that? I wonder, is this setting up bringing him bringing in Tyler Breeze? Well, he is Canadian. And that was their gimmick back in WWE. Right. Let's do it. Let's bring him in. <laughs> Although I think it will... I still see Tyler like on WWE stuff sometimes whether it's like uh was it was it one of the up up down downs recently or something like he's he's I think he's still like hanging around there but I don't know if he's got like a real job or if they just bring him in like eh whatever yeah but is that WWE show or is that like uh Zeger Woods' show well it's WWE I think uh controls it like that was part of that he has to cede some some ownership to them um even his like because because even his uh like if you look in the wwe 2k23 like the up up down down championship is in there as a championship you can win in the belt section so like they own some part of it um and Liz says Breeze is signed as a legend for WWE, which is, that's kind of funny to think about. It's just the terminology they use, but, you know. So, yeah, there you go. Um, so, yeah, there's there's that. Uh, but um, let, let's, hope, let's hope they bring him in. Let's just fucking bring him in. Who cares? This will be like what my idea was about CM Punk, you know? <laughs> just Tyler Breeze showing up on Impact. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So detective Dango. And, um, then I was talking about how, uh, how the, uh, the death dolls and crazy Steve reunited backstage. And then I was also going into a side thing about, cause they showed that little pop-up about the diary on YouTube of, uh, Rosemary. And I was explaining cause I clicked on it. I was like, okay, what is this? And it's just like a, like a profile piece about 22, 25 minutes or something like that, where they basically just do a profile on this person and they talk about, you know, things in a shoot format. So even though she's got her makeup on, she's still sitting there just talking normally and shooting on her entire life and career and, you know, whatever. So I don't know. There you go. What have you been, uh, what what have you what have you thought of that? Uh, do you think they should take a undead demon character and just be like, yeah, I just started out going to Scott Demore school and what is that? Yeah, I, uh, 
Yeah, not while she's actually actively doing the character. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Does it count doing the character just because you have your face painted? Did she do a face paint just for this, or did she have a? She, did she get ready to do it for the taping, and then they just filmed this first, so she didn't have to put it on hmm. twice? Like, what? What is it? I don't know. Larat says he wants to feel sorry for the demon chick. <laughs> Go ahead, and feel sorry for. Her. Hear about the demon chick struggles with depression and everything. It's like I'm not trying to take shots at Rosemary. I like Rosemary. It's just more of a open-ended question. Like, look, we know the toothpaste can't go back in the tube. We all know what wrestling is. We're sitting here exposing the business. I just showed you how to fish hook a guy. You know, like we we know that the shit isn't real, but it's got to be real on the program in my opinion now this isn't on the program so that falls into my you know i don't think anybody's gonna have their illusions shattered if they're watching impact they see this little thing pop up in the corner say oh diary of rosemary on youtube on impact channel let me go check that out and then they're like oh my god she's a real person i can't believe this well, it's a, surely the Santa Claus is still real, right? Like, there's nobody that really is going to have their their world rocked by seeing this if they go check it out. We just can't have her break it on the program. On the program, she's got to be the undead demon chick. And even though I have my reservations about... <laughs> that's putting it diplomatically. My reservations about doing supernatural shit as part of the show, I don't mind the character. If the character, um, this is this is the key thing, and I feel like I have to explain this from time to time because sometimes I see comments or whatever from listeners. They're like, "Well, what about when so and so?" And I'm like, "Yeah, but the the thing is, like, I'm not necessarily okay with those things just because I don't bring them up in the specific instances I'm talking about." But if you're let me let me just make the delineation very very clear. If you believe in your mind that you are a demon or that you can transfer between realms or whatever other things, and this is some form of mental illness that you have that adds flavor to your wrestling character, that is fine. <laughs> if that's part of your presentation, your, 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 your look, your, your gear, all that stuff, if that's flavoring for your character, fine. If you are teleporting on camera and the other wrestlers are with it and it they're making like they're in on it, like yes, the she is really teleporting to undead realms and this isn't just a form of mental illness, that's not okay because you have no reason why you cannot you know further take these supernatural powers and then add them to your wrestling match. Who's going to be able to beat a teleporting wrestler? It just, you know, you cannot do that. There's a, there's a ceiling that you, that you reach with your in-ring performance in front of a paying audience. You can't do special effects live. Like you can, but there have to be practical effects. You can't do, you know, CG or other camera tricks and stuff like that in a live wrestling setting. They didn't even do it in Lucha Underground, right? Like... Lucha Underground had special effects, stories, storylines, impossible characters, and then 
in the actual wrestling portion, they had wrestling matches. No effects, no nothing. So there's a that disconnects the audience. It's like you set the expectations up and then all you get is a wrestling match. So you have to work knowing that your ceiling of creativity is a wrestling match. Always. That's my mantra. That's my belief. That's my psychology. Um, you can have your opinions on it, but I'm right. There's just there's just no other way to there's no other way to say it. So <sighs> any thoughts on what I just said? I mean, I'm I'm kind of in the the camp of of, of what Ben says when he says any um, the work can survive anything; it just has to make sense. Well, Ben's wrong because he wants to complain about things like Braun Strowman dressing up like Wonder Woman, which doesn't matter. But he's totally okay with things like the final deletion or whatever Bray Wyatt does or shit like that, which is not okay. It's just not. It's not okay. It's not pro wrestling. Pro wrestling is something different. But I understand when creative people want to make wrestling something it's not. Because if they don't, then what use is there for them in the wrestling business? You know? Like, Ben Hameen is not Shawn Michaels. So he can't give that aspect to professional wrestling. He has ideas. He's creative. He comes up with things. And he wants to make the television show entertaining. I understand that, but you still can be entertaining and creative and give people things without breaking, you know, the idea of reality. You know, like I said, if Rosemary looks the same, acts the same, everything else that gets to be her on-screen character, but we have to think of ways to integrate that into the backstage settings where she's not doing things that can't be done. See what I mean? It's fine for her to talk about going to the undead realm. We can't see the undead realm. We can't see that. That's got to be in her mind, you know? And then when she goes into it and it looks like the fucking forest from Mortal Kombat 2 or whatever, like, you can't... It's like, okay, but you, you we know that you can't... I'm sorry, you... No. No, you can't. I, I can't believe sometimes I hear myself saying what I'm saying. But anyway... Uh, well, funny enough, you know, kind of to that same point, uh, she's, she's like, you know, when she sees crazy Steve backstage after all this time, she's like, where have you been? It's like, uh, what? He's been at the same shows you've been at, bitch. He's out there with towers. Like, have you not been watching? He's been there. What do you mean? Where have you been? That's the kind of dumb shit I'm talking about. Like, what the fuck do you mean? Where have you been? He 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 walked in with a rolling case, <laughs> just like you did. <laughs> That's where he's been. God, dude. What I'm saying. So, anyway, to put a button on this, uh, Crazy Steve knows that Rosemary knows what she needs to do to go back to the undead realm. So we're probably going to see the Mortal Kombat 2 Forest again. Uh, so anyway, what that is, he does not explicitly state, but she agrees that she knows what she has to do, and she hates that Steve is always right, is basically what she's saying. I think they, I think they actually said the guy she has to talk to James Mitchell. 
No, she said that she didn't want to do that, and he wasn't okay. any help. Like, when he brought that up, that she was like, we tried everything, and then we even tried James Mitchell, but that goes nowhere. Or some, whatever she said, that was something to that effect. Some excuse why he's not going to be there. Right? So he's like, you know what we got to do. And she's like, damn it, I know. So what that is, we're going to have to tune in and find out. So in the... In the, uh, you know, in the interest of baiting the hook, they did their job here. Um, so we'll see what, what, you know, what we catch next week. Mm, anything else on this whole sordid ordeal? I wonder if Rosemary's comment about Taya being in a place of her own personal hell is a shot at AEW. <laughs> Could be. Um, let's see. All right. Jody Threat versus who the fuck is, how do you say this? Celezia? Celezia? Do you remember how the announcer pronounced this? I have no idea. All I remember is that her name was Sparks. I mean, he thought, wait, is this the same Kayla Sparks that Ben's been talking about? It is not. Okay. I'm pretty sure. No. No, this is a, this is another Sparks. Possibly related. Uh. But, uh, yeah, Silesia, Celezia, Caesarea, um, whatever it is, uh, I'm just like, if I'm, if I'm having trouble recalling this hours after seeing it and I wrote it down and made sure to spell it the way you spelled it on the screen and I still not sure exactly how to say it and I don't, I can't trust the impact announcers cause they could have got it wrong. Um, you might want to think into getting a new working name, kid just saying you know like don't make it hard for people <laughs> you want to have a, something catchy and memorable and easy to say i think um the only time that it's you know the only time i would suggest going with something that may be difficult is if that's your shoot name and you're going with a shoot name gimmick <laughs> you know that's just how it is but uh i don't know this must be a shoot name because i don't know how you come up with it anyway this match was a little bit better than last time we saw Jody Threat, but I think the jury's still out. Um because it's just I don't know. I just I'm just not seeing enough to to make a uh an endorsement or a condemnation one way or the other. Um so I wouldn't mind seeing more sparks though. I mean, she seemed like she had a look and uh she seemed like she had some emotion and, um, you know, she did her job well of trying to, you know, the, we're, we're obviously trying to spotlight threat here. Uh, so I felt like they kind of did that. I'm just not sure, you know, with a trained eye, how good Jody threat is. I need to see, I need to see Jody in there with somebody. I know what they can do. Then I can see if she can keep up or whatever. Um, that's what I think. But what do you think? I mean, yeah, we do need to see a lot more out of Jody. Um, this match in particular, it should have been more just a showcase for her strength and power rather than uh, Sparks getting a whole... Get, she got a lot on her. Yeah. Think it was too much? I do, yeah. Okay. Well, sometimes, you know, when you're in these situations... Where you're like, okay, I'm the one that's supposed to get over, but I kind of got to showcase the other person a little bit in case, 
you know, they want it to look like I actually beat somebody that we've never seen before. Like we have to make them credible in five minutes. I mean, it's one of those challenges. It's like what we were talking about last week when I was talking about the situation Jay White got put in with Commander, where it's like they want a spotlight Commander. They also want you to look good and go over. You know, good luck. <laughs> it's like 10 minutes, good luck. So when you're given that as an assignment and you look at it that way from our perspective, like, I mean, yours and mine, we're looking at that. The fans are only seeing like, well, I, I thought Jay White was supposed to be a big deal. He didn't look like a big deal. You know, that's how they see it. In something like this, it's similar. It's like Jody's the spotlight. You know, we gotta, we gotta, we want her to be something. She's the one that got vignettes. On the other hand, doing just running over this random person we've never seen before and we can't pronounce her name, uh, that doesn't do Jody any favors whatsoever. It's not going to tell us anything more about her. You know, it's like you beat a nobody in in no time, so that doesn't tell us anything. So it's one of those situations where. Sparks has got to get something in to look like somebody so that when Sparks goes over, it looks like she beat somebody. This is very inside baseball, what we're talking about right now. And I'm just saying, I'm not sure if they did or didn't pull it off. I guess it was fine. I just know it was better than the last time we saw a threat, which we were also not impressed. So uh, I don't know if we can credit Sparks with that or... That's why I said I wouldn't mind seeing more of her because even if she's not only because she's wearing very little clothing and she's got the body for it, but if she can do this for somebody else or if she can be a spotlight, we could see probably just a local talent we'll never see again. But, you know, in any case, Jody Threat goes over with her, you know, whatever, whatever move she has. What move does she have? I don't remember. Do you remember? <laughs> She does some move. Oh, it's like a reverse. It's like a F five. That's that they land. They land on their back instead of their face. Ah, yes, the reverse F five. Yeah, the five yeah, F. Yeah, the and it's the yeah. She calls it the F and whatever the area code for Toronto is. Oh, that's right. That's right. What is that area code? I forget. What's that area code, Buckshot Kid? I'm sorry, I forgot. <laughs> six something. Don't they call Toronto the six? Four one six. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, the F four one six. That's very confusing. <laughs> We're the six. Oh, six what? Well, actually, four one six. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, so enough enough dunking on Toronto. Um, <laughs> yeah, this the match was what it was. We'll, I'm sure Jody Threat's going to be sticking around, or maybe she's just stopping over while they're over there. Like, maybe she's not going to travel to the U.S. And maybe we're not going to see her, you know, playing Uno with CM Punk backstage or whatever. <laughs> um, next, we get a vignette with uh, Kelly, Killer Kelly, if you will. Uh, she has found the perfect playmate, according to herself, in uh, her Matryoshka Masha. This was the best thing that Killer Kelly's done since she's been in Impact. Like for the first time, I actually like she told us a little, little more about who she is and what her motivations are and why she's interested in Masha. Yeah, and she made it sexy. She did. 
It's always about sex with her. Killer Kelly also has sex. They should call her Sexer Kelly. I was wondering, is there a little... You've seen the movie GoldenEye, right? Yes. Does she remind you a little bit of Xenia on a top? On a top? Yeah. You're supposed to say on a top. That's because that's the that's the line, but uh, yes, um, yeah, uh, I guess you know that person that uh, sort of uh, gets off on violence, like that. That they don't really. There's only so many ways they can play that up um, in a match, but I don't really see her doing that that much. It's just usually a lot of her like slinking around the ring and smiling at stuff which looks weird with her mouth guard in you know uh but that's fine um yeah we're not really we're not we're not really getting it as over as much as we could but it's still like you said it's better than you know seedy motel (laughs) vignettes that have nothing to do with wrestling so you know say that about her like it's a bad thing i don't know if it's a good or a bad thing it just depends on what you're into also i said a lot of stuff so i don't know exactly what you're commenting on but um yeah no i'm fine i'm fine with it fine with it just you know we're never gonna get the payoff of or or are we could we have a sexy vignette where the Matryoshka ends up with uh, Killa Kelly in one of these seedy motels. Maybe having a continental breakfast, if you know what I'm saying. Anyway, <laughs> I'll leave you guys to think about that and the possibilities. And we'll move over to uh, Frankie Kazarian with Gia and music underneath. Because this is not just a normal interview with Gia in front of the impact sign. This is a sit-down, pre-taped interview. And they are playing music underneath it. And I don't like it. Because the reason that you... uh, The reason that you do something like this is... I mean, can you... you can you hazard a guess, Brandon, as to what I'm about to say? Like, why would you play music underneath a pre-taped interview? To set a tone, set a mood? Right. That's something that you could do. Here's the real reason they do it. Because they fucking don't think that you have the attention span to just sit and listen to two people talk. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to heighten the... Uh, the um the tone of the scene to make it seem more exciting like hey there's music going on it's it's like it's there almost as 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 like a it's supposed to lift up the conversation or something you know try to make try to make conversation exciting with music with background music this is really the reason that you would always that you would always do this like you said to setting a tone the tone is you know you know, whatever it is, they play exciting music during movies when there's something exciting happening. They play sad music when something sad happens. They play, you know, whatever. So whatever it is to fit the scene. But if the scene is two people having a conversation, the focus should be the conversation. If you're trying to just 
make the conversation more exciting or interesting or whatever this is, just add a mood to it. You don't really need to. It makes it sound, you know, artificial is what it makes it sound like. Because you don't see this. Like, if um, if you're doing something like this for uh, a Monday Night Football, where you're having an interview with a person, are they playing music during it? I mean, like, when when do you see this other than when they have no confidence in what people are saying? They're like, you gotta, you gotta have music. You gotta have a soundtrack to this. So, uh, Lab Rat says, just looks and sounds like they want the talent to wrap up the interview. <laughs> yeah. Wrap that shit up, B. Um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's why I always, that's why I always make that running joke of, you know, so-and-so with Gia and no music underneath because they used to do that when she was sitting there, you know, with the mic, like, hi, I'm Gia and I'm going to talk to this person for a second person. What do you got to say about this or whatever? And they're playing music underneath that. They're playing like the impact. We own the night theme song underneath the fucking interview of that's supposed to be happening live. It's like, that is the most Jojo thing you could possibly do. And um, we called it out so many times, they eventually stopped doing it. Like, yeah, I'm taking credit for that. That was us, you know? We got that shut off. We also got the lights turned off, apparently. I'm not going to brag on it too much because I don't want them to get upset and put them back on out of spite. So if we see any lights in Chicago, it's probably going to be because, you know, we've discussed how there haven't been any lights. Um, so I'm trying to keep that low-key if I can and not talk about it on Twitter or anything like that. I'm taking a soft win. But we did get the music turned off, right? So I'm just extending that and reminding that, like, we don't need that. If, if Frankie Kazarian, what he's saying here, talking about his beginnings with Impact, you know, like what it was like when he came in, what it's like now, saying he didn't want to become one of those veterans who was clinging to their spot, as they reference all these guys coming in, they show like the footage of like the Kevin Nashes and the Booker T's and all this stuff as he's saying this, you know, like, you know, they're, they're telling their story here and that story's good enough. They've got a good, they got good video packaging, right? You show these old clips. Frankie's not saying anything that's not that we wouldn't want to hear like, and he's just being honest or whatever, or their version of working honest. I don't need a soundtrack for that. Do you? Nope, that's plenty interesting enough. So anyway, that's what I think. Um, and I and I like this too, just like I like the. Uh, it was just it was very similar to the Nick Aldis package, but it was way different because that was a package and that was done and produced differently. This was a sit down interview that was also pre produced, but it was now had a more live feel to it. So except for the shitty music, you know, this seemed like something that was happening in the moment. And it's giving you a little bit more on Frankie Kazarian to make us interested in him. Uh, I thought mission accomplished here, but turn that music off. Mm. Anything else on this? No, I thought it was. I thought it was a of interesting enough. I thought it was funny though. They they showed the clip of uh, Hogan dragging Dixie while uh, hanging, 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 hanging to his leg. <laughs> Right, symbolic. There's a lot of Dixie on the show in in those packages in the interview. Hmm. Well, I mean, she did exist, you know. 
It's better than the WWE way of editing around people to make it seem like they never existed. Yeah. So I'll take it. Labrat says, I also think we help feed Alicia. I think we do too. We can't see the results always, but we can hope. Um, all right. And then your, your main event. Um, <laughs> looks like there's been enough talk. It's time for the main event of uh, uh, Taylor Wilde, uh, the People's Witch, uh, versus the Virtuosa, Deanna Parazzo. This was for the Knockouts title, wasn't it? Correct, yeah, because they're making jokes about, or not jokes, but references about how uh, uh, Taylor could become a champ champ after the, after the match. Mm, okay. Well, I didn't see anything offensive in this match. Um, the outcome was mostly inevitable, which, which in this case was, uh, that, uh, Deanna goes over with the Venus de Milo, right? I think it was the Venus, um, which is when she gets both arms locked up. Mm. That's such a great name for a move. I, Um, yeah. And it's the perfect move to call it that too. mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Now. Um, the only other thing they could have done is that's what I'm saying, Jerome. Yeah, I'm I'm not, I'm not there yet. Don't worry. I was going to finish with that. Um, so yeah, nothing, you know, like I said, nothing offensive. The only other way they could have done this differently is, you know, some, some finish where there's like a interference and a DQ or whatever, whatever keeps the belt on Deanna, but whatever reason they wanted to establish you know her championship with a clean finish on a champion so it gets her over it doesn't hurt taylor as much because she's not you know you, you could you could make the argument that you know being a tag team a tag team wrestler has reduced her effectiveness in a singles capacity if you want to go that route um so it makes sense but still a good credible win for diana it's a good spotlight for the tag team champions Showing they're they're at a main event level, so all around it's fine. Whatever they choose to do with the finish is fine, um, except for having Taylor win. Of course, that probably wouldn't have been fine. That would have been very problematic. But um, yeah, uh, Kylan King jumps in immediately after the finish and starts kicking the shit out of Deanna. So Grace Jordan Grace comes down, makes a save. Then we get a nice sportsmanlike handshake between Deanna and Grace. So, a little out of character for Deanna, but uh, you know what else can you do? You just saved your ass. So, there you go. And she celebrates as Jordan walks up the ramp. Looks very familiar to the end of the actual pay per view that she won the title, right? You see in Jordan the, walking this, up the ramp and Deanna the celebrating building. in the ring. In the same building. So, there you go. Um, yeah, thoughts on all this? Not all this, <laughs> but all this. I, I like the story they told of just building up, uh, or Deanna working the arm and goes over with the Venus to Milo. I mean, just good basic storytelling. Went way too long, though. I mean, there's several ma- couple matches that went way too long. This one, Masha and Jordan went too long. Uh, when we had no moose, no X division champion, no X division, 
tag mad tag team title match could have went a little shorter too. Mm-hmm. But as far as the match itself, when it was pretty decent. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Look, if you're gonna have a show, and you're not gonna have Moose on it, I'm not gonna be happy. And this is happening more frequently, as we've discussed. Uh, now, I know that people like to say less is more, um, but that's not the case. <laughs> when we're talking about Moose, that's not the case. Now, you know, even though I would be fine with the whole show being based around Moose every week and Moose plastered all over it and Moose on commentary and Moose doing ring announcing and Moose doing Gia's job backstage and Moose having a match and Moose refereeing a match and all this and, and Moose taking Scott Demore's headset. Like I'd be fine with all this every single week, but I also realized that maybe that's a little overkill. So in that sense, scaling back Moose and having him do just what's required for the show is fine. But what's required for the show is fucking something. Something. One thing. Whatever that may be. If it is just a quick interview with Gia to get some business over, or if it's a backstage, you know, like interaction between um, you know, him and whatever talent. Doesn't even have to be somebody that he's involved with. If Moose passes through somebody's scene and says some Moose stuff, then that's fine too. Like if Moose was uh, the proverbial janitor in the witch, the coven segment, like not that he would have the mop or anything, but that he comes through and just like, you know, what are y'all white women doing or whatever, just what, whatever, whatever Moose might say, it's up to him. I'm just using placeholder dialogue, <laughs> but just, I want to know that he's there. And that's the key for any, wrestling weekly television show company whatever remind everybody who your players are even if they don't have a super featured you know segment on the show but just go like, oh yeah moose exists and then at, at the very least if we don't even get that you know like we were complaining when we were just getting that when moose was doing just that and now we're getting shows with zero moose it's like they feel like they filled their moose quotient it's like, oh, well, Moose had a match with full entrance last week, so that's good. We're good for another couple weeks. No. <laughs> no, you're not. Edit this show better. <laughs> Distribute the Moose evenly among the tapings, if you must. I would rather, as ridiculous as it sounds, I would rather... Have you show half a moose match one week and show the finish the next week rather than have no moose at all? <laughs> God damn it. So, anyway. Yeah. So, uh, the moose moose. Can't call it that with no moose. Needs more moose. Right. Guys, got a fever. I put my pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody else. Only difference is when I do it, I book Moose on Impact. There you go. There you go. 
Now let's read everything that the chat said. Jerome says, where the F is moose? Todd Brantley says, no, moose is no bueno. <laughs> Jerome says, just give me a little moose. Buckshot Kid says, just have moose holding a coffee in the background. Todd Brantley, moose the janitor. Lab rat, just have moose doing moose things. Jerome saying, give me moose or death. I hope it's moose. Uh, cooking with moose, making moose, but spelled like, you know, the pudding dessert. All of these things. All moose all the time. Said Liz. Come on. Let the man earn his money. He wants to earn his money. Let him earn his money. With that being said, I think we've earned our money here today. Um, we've had a good long show. And uh, I hope we delivered... I hope you enjoyed it. I think it's time, though. I think it's time we move on. So, Brandon, would you like to tell the people, the lovely people, who we have so much fun doing this show for and with, where they can find you in all of your uh, endeavors, um, <laughs> moose-related or otherwise? Uh, so you can catch me moose hunting on Twitter at Transarchist Tia. I also do more moose hunting on Twitch at Miss Tia the Transarchist. And of course, we feature moose here every Monday night on the Impact Attack right here on the Hami Media Group YouTube channel. AKA the Moose Moose. We haven't called it the Moose Moose in a long time. And that's because Impact has failed us. So while we're getting small wins here and there, whether it's no music underneath Gia's interviews or you know, no RGB lighting and backgrounds. We'd still, we'd trade it all for a little more moose. Um, that being said, uh, you can find me at opinion haver on all your favorite social media platforms, which includes twitch.tv as well. That's opinion haver. Just Google me. I'm famous. I'm not really famous. That's just a line. Somebody said once, a much more famous person. Um, but, uh, but yes, twitch.tv slash opinion haver. You can uh, hang out and uh, talk to me while I play games. The games are less important than the talking, as I'm sure, uh, Brandon, they are for you as well on Twitch. It's all about that community. Um, we've all seen World of Warcraft raids, but, you know, we don't all talk about moose. So, <laughs> you need to get that over. And, um, yeah, even if you're not, even if you know what Twitch is, you're not normally a fan, you don't have a Twitch account. I mean, the people that show up often, you know, have a good time. Liz, Jerome, Buckshot Kid, you know, others, um, you know, it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun little chat and it's going to be as lively as you want it to be. So even if you just want to pop in and ask me a question that, you know, it's just not pertinent to anything else that I do, but you still want to talk about it or, or, or ask my thoughts on things or even just let me know your thoughts on stuff. You know, doors always open. Twitch.tv slash Pinhammer. And um, the various and sundry things that I do here on Hameen Media Group. You never know where you can find me. Um, you've got uh, the Next Level Wrestling Review with Big Ray Hernandez. And that's every Wednesday 
at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. It's our sad, sad duty to talk about NXT. But the first half of the show is talking about everything else. So that's always a good time, at least. At least I hope it is. Then, um, besides here, which you already know where you can find Impact Tech, um, sometimes I've been filling in on the Monday Locker Room. Um, so we've had some great uh, conversations there with Ben Hameen and uh, people like that tag team as well. Although this week it was RBV back in the seat. I was keeping it warm for him. And because Ben has become the immortal Ben Hameen, winning the Immortal Wrestling Championship, he is now Benny Three Belts. And because of that, I have extended his life period. Uh, he is allowed to continue living, and that is why you're able to see him on the Monday Locker Room. So, welcome back, RBV. Doing great work, as always. And uh, I'll be there to fill in anytime he needs. Um, that's, you know, one of my... That's that's at least my featured role. Like, that's how I want to be seen on the HMG platform as the guy that can just step in whenever needed. And I stay on top of everything just so I'm able to do that. Uh, for you guys and um as i mentioned earlier when we had pierce austin pop in and say hello i'll be appearing uh pretty soon i guess he said thursday on shooting the shit uncensored so keep your eye out on that episode if you want to see more of me um great conversation with pierce a lot of fun if you haven't heard shooting the shit uncensored he's had such guests as masha slamovich which you may know or um you know, he's had uh, Bad Luck Fale uh, on there and Robbie Eagles and uh, just various uh, great wrestlers in the past. You know, everyone from Vince Russo, Rob Van Dam, just tons of people. And now I'm added to that illustrious list. I couldn't be more humbled uh, to do that. And it was really fun. And we're probably going to do it again sometime. So check that out and let me know what you thought of it when it drops, which is, as he said, sometime later this week. Please look forward to that. Uh, you could also have caught me on the uh, PWC Network, the Monday Night Machismo Thursday edition with Jimmy T, where we talked about Monday Night Raw. He asked me my thoughts on CM Punk showing up backstage. And we just had a big, long conversation of where I cut a promo about that stupid championship that Triple H brought out and why that hurts the business more than it helps. Um, so PWC Network, check that out. You know, I'm busy. I'm doing stuff, trying to entertain you guys and i uh, hope it's working um and i hope it worked here tonight and we'll definitely see you next week uh mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully we'll have some moose to bring with us next week and, and talk about so some rare um, moose rare rare moose i don't want moose to be endangered they should be plentiful um so uh, for brandon i'm the vet and i don't have a sign off line